Hey, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, welcome to Community Conversations. Uh, we're just uh, getting started here. And Community Conversations is an interactive discussion on topics that you all want to hear all about. Uh, last month, we talked about hiring, training, and retaining Gen Z uh, rising stylists. And uh, you definitely, if you missed that, it was it was recorded, so you can go back in and check that out. And um, what happened to Diana? Uh, so we're trying to get try to get Diana on again. I'm here joined today uh, with the lovely and incredible Diana Varvaro. She is the director of the Paul Mitchell School in Tyson's. And so again, this is community conversations, interactive discussions. I want everyone to think like old school radio, talk radio, where people used to come on to the show and ask questions or drop some experience on us. So anyway, we got Diana Bravaro, and she is the director of the Paul Mitchell School in Tyson's. For anybody who does not does not know uh, you, would you give us like tell us what is what is the director of the school do, and how long have you been there? Hi, um, so I have been with Paul Mitchell School NYC for eleven years now, and as the school director, um, I oversee the entire school, all the education. Um, basically everything and um, placement, um, anything you can think of basically. And I definitely love being the director. Um, I love being able to have this conversation with you and I wanted to thank you so much. And I also wanted to say like, just the contribution that you're making on the industry um, with all of your podcasts and everything that you do to help to make the industry better. Um, I've loved being a part of that. So I wanna thank you again. Well, thank you for for uh, taking the time to come on. You have valuable insight and perspective on uh, the future generation of hairdressers. So um, why don't we kind of jump, why don't we just kind of jump in, uh, just so everyone knows who's on, we have a few guests that are gonna be joining us throughout the evening. And um, when, you know, there's Nick Marabella. How you doing, Nick? Uh, we got we got him on. I'm just gonna say hey to him. Hey, what's up, Shug? Mr. I Create Confidence is joined, and he's also gonna be on in a little bit. Uh, so and, uh, before we bring anybody on, um, I um, last month we talked about uh, hiring and interviewing and retaining uh, young people, and uh, we talked a lot of it about what they want, what they're looking for, how they're thinking, and uh, so that, that's a very valuable conversation. Would you like care to just kind of give us like a few points recap of of what we came up with last uh, last month? Yes, so we came up with, um, we definitely realized that there has been a little bit of a gap between what future stylists are looking for and the expectations that current salon owners have. Um, I think uh, there was some of the disconnect also was between the future professionals experiences, not only with the salon owners, but with the people like the stylists who were training them. And, um, you know, they felt a little bit intimidated. So they're a little bit more, um, you know, I don't want to say like emotionally, but they want to know that they're going to be working for some place that's going to treat them the right way and not make them feel like they're not ready to be in this position, being that they're just starting out. So just to have like a little bit of patience, definitely. Um, they want to be in a place that they're going to be able to grow for sure. They're super interested in growing a book. They don't want to really stay assistants for that long. Although they don't mind assisting and starting that way, they just want to know that they're going to have a good future. I would I would say that um, I would say that my if I was going to sum it up in uh, maybe one sentence or two, um, I would say that they seem to in mass, like as a whole, they seem to have like three things in common. They wanna work in a safe environment where they're not gonna be judged or bullied or taken advantage of or experience the, uh, the harsh end, the other opposite end of favoritism. Uh, they also want to, so that safe space, uh, they want mentorship, they don't want you to just kind of throw them in the fire and see if they survive. And if they don't go find another person to throw into the fire, like that's, 
that's definitely not a smart idea if you want to attract people. Um, and then last but not least, they want training and education, uh, but they want it in like a, um, an easy to understand pathway uh, for them for them to grow. And to me, that's, that's pretty similar to the, the past. Like, like if more of us cared more about how we were treated by our boss, maybe we wouldn't even be having these conversations. Exactly. Maybe, I don't know. So, um, okay, so now that we've kind of chatted about that, what I sent, I sent Diana a few pictures, a few more minutes, about three more minutes, and we're going to ask Nick to come on. Uh, Nick is a uh, salon owner. He owns multiple salons in uh, New Jersey, and uh, he also owns a salon in, uh, in, in the South, and I'll let him tell you a little bit about that. Uh, he has a unique a unique a, um, a business model, uh, but he's got a lot of Gen Z uh, stylists working for him. So uh, I look forward to hearing what he said. But before we have, get him on, I'm just going to go over Florida. Thank you, Nick. In I said the South because it was also Georgia, uh, but I feel like maybe that's where you were looking to open up a salon. But anyway, all right. So uh, I'll let him tell. I'll let you tell them all about that. About that. Uh, okay. So. I sent Diana some questions and to ask her, and it was basically like, if I'm a salon owner, I'm a hiring manager personally. So like, I, um, <laughs> I, I wanted to, I wanted to understand like, how do I get people to walk through my door? Like I got a great, uh, education program. I, I like to think, um, you know, we have classes, uh, more than half of the weekends, uh, of the year. So like we have, tons of classes and events and you know anybody who works for us is going to get to come backstage and and to just do all the things that hairdresser strong does um so i'm like how, why does nobody like see the value in this and um so what we're going to talk about today is how do i get people to just like come in and give me a chance and uh so i wanted to know like where do people look for uh jobs where do they find salons um where like how, where are people even learning the information? And um, do you have the answers off the top of your head yes. or do you? So the number one answer is Instagram. They find their jobs and salons that they like on Instagram or TikTok. TikTok is huge too. So those are the top two options. Then the rest was like Indeed or job searches like that. Um, we use some different things that in our school, like Canvas Me. So they have some online job platforms that they're and job wise that they're already familiar with in school. Um, but definitely TikTok and Instagram is the way to go. And, and you know what? I, uh, I, for the salon and for my personal Instagram, it's not like we don't it's not like what I keep, we keep up with. Like, you know, it's not my position at the, at the salon to, to do this. Although we're going to, you know, get a team together and, you know, do a better job at our social media for the salon. But, um, but what I, what I was going to say was that, oh man, I just totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the point is like, we were talking before we got on camera and we said something about like you said like instagram because people want to go work somewhere that's cool yeah. and trending and uh, i was saying how that that's basically how it's always been i wanted to work at the coolest salon that i could hear hear about or walk into a salon and see if it's cool or not if it didn't fit if it didn't pass the walk-in and you know what i see test i just turn around and walk i wouldn't even do the interview um but now they're doing the same thing on instagram and social media it sounds like yeah. 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 And I was telling you too, like they they look at how many followers, they look at how many views, they want to see like that you're relevant or you know creating this content that's going to attract people. So not only is it going to attract the Gen Z future stylists, but also that helps to attract um, clientele as well. So I think it's a win-win. You know, it's just if you don't have time to manage social media, which is sometimes, you know, super hard, especially if you're a salon owner, I would definitely invest in maybe getting a social media manager or, you know, just assigning someone to that job. Nice. Awesome. Oh, what's going on, guys? What's going on? So we got uh, Nick Marabella. And uh, Nick, would you uh, welcome and thank you for coming on the show? I appreciate that. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I appreciate um, it. So would you give us a favor, give us a, like a super high level intro, like where you're located, how many shops you got, and a little uh, introduction to like how you run things over there? 
you know, the clever throw, you popped up with that, with that, but they alert to pull me out. <laughs> All right. So I have three, I have four salons now in New Jersey, and then I have one in Florida. The, I have four of the salons are PMAs. So they're private membership association. So there's no state board allegiance. We are private. We're not open to the public. So we, uh, in the loop another pandemic, we know the shut down. We make our own rules for the most part, but we, uh, I can fly in an artist from LA one from Nevada, one from Nebraska, and they can work out of my salon because we're not open to the public. We're only private. So nice. that's that in a nutshell. <clears throat> Under the First Amendment of the Constitution, you have the right to peacefully assemble. That's what we do in our salon. Under the 14th, you have the right to private contract. So we are protected, and so are our members. We don't have clients, we have members. So that's, that's my salon in a nutshell. And I have a big e-commerce store. That kind of fuels the, um, fuels the salon as well. So uh, before you say any more, uh, I want to tell everybody we had a conversation. If you check out uh, Nick Mirabella's episode, uh, you, if that sounds interesting to you, check that episode out. We dive into what exactly does he, is he talking about with private versus public mm -hmm. space. So tonight, we're uh, I reached out to you and I was like, hey, do you have any Gen Z people working for you? And you said a bunch and you started giving uh some of your tips and advice so how do you feel uh could you share kind of let us in like uh, you nope. know yeah. what size of the percentage of the workforce and uh give us some insights it, it's a, a a lot of my uh, a lot of my team is gen z but to be honest with you people want to go to a destination much like when you were building a salon for your clients you also have to think about you're building it for your team and so they also want to work at a destination not just a location so you have to make it comfortable for them you have to make it supportive of them and you have to you know like you said before it's got to be like the cool place to be at but the energy and the vibe has to be good yeah. right and it and word of mouth is i think really really important because a lot of owners forget about the whole word of mouth thing if you have a great team right and you're short staff maybe four or five chairs ask the people who work with you your team members hey do you have any friends that are just like you go to your favorite stylist you do it to your clients Right, do it to your team and then give them some kind of a bonus for hiring somebody like for bringing on somebody to your team it's my commission structure also is really different and i i noticed that there was a um and i don't I'm, I'm, well, well i'll just go ahead with my whole structure a lot of owners are going to get pissed but we do things a little differently we have a sliding scale i cap at 70 percent commission so when we start at 50 we cap at 70 and the reason being is i need to make it um advantageous for them not to go to a suite, not to open their own salon. If you want to, yeah, let's do it. Let's open one together, but be part of my team. Like if you want to collaborate and get products together, let's team up and buy in bulk, right? Let's get bigger discounts for us. The Ultas of the world are buying huge amounts of inventory. So they're getting color at such a cheaper rate. They're getting products at a cheaper rate. Their margins are so much bigger. They can afford to do things like that. So instead of fighting the salon down the street, collaborate with them. You know, just because someone works for me and they may not be a good fit doesn't mean they're not a good fit for you. So I don't burn any bridges either. And so there's a lot of, of team members that I recommend to a salon down the street or, or they recommend a stylist to me. And as long as you're really there for them, because a lot of leadership has gone out the window and there's really no strong leaders in our industry. I mean, there's a few, don't get me wrong, but we put so much emphasis on learning highlights educating haircuts, educating, you know, the new balayage technique, but we don't educate about leadership. Like there's so many good courses and books and a lot of leaders in the salon don't even understand what level of leadership they're at. You know, there's a great book by John Maxwell, the five levels of leadership. And sometimes you might be a level five to one person, but you're just a level one to another. They don't know who you are. You just have the title of leader. So you have to prove yourself to your team and a lot of owners feel like their ego, you know, their ego gets in the way and they don't have to prove themselves, you're the owner. Well, no, you you didn't do anything to 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 showcase your skills as a leader to that person yet. You just have the title. So be a leader to them. Like really help them and not just help them with hair. Listen to the consultations they're having. Like, hey, Jen, come on over for a second. Like that was a great consultation. What really worked for me in the past was this, this, and this. And that's it. You know, these little nuggets of information you could pass through your team throughout the day is what's going to make them excel. And then you could truly then go from the operator to an owner and I can leave my salon for two months and not even worry about it. And that's what 
you want as an owner. And the only way you could do that is by, by being a transformative leader. Nice. And that's what, yeah, that's what we as salon owners have to start doing. That's awesome. That, yeah. Thank you so much uh, for that information. Um, first, uh, Diana, do you have any questions for Nick? So I love that he said um, when he's looking for stylists that he asked his current stylists to refer their friends because that was another thing that the future professionals mentioned is they feel more comfortable working at a place where they know other people are happy and are working. So that's like the greatest tip I feel like that you said was like very, very valuable. I think here's, people should definitely here, do that. Here's one important thing that I, I, I started implementing about a year ago. It's establishing my core values. So me as a salon, we need to know our purpose. Like what's our brand stand for? Like when people speak to other people in our community, what, not just what they say, but what do they feel? Like, how do they feel when they walk in the salon? How do they feel when they're paying? How do they feel when they're getting their service done? How do they feel when they leave? How do they feel the next week when they're styling their hair? And then more importantly, how do they feel in their circles of friends when they speak about us? Like, are they happy to share like where they got their hair done? And it's that feeling is what's going to drive people into your salon. So you have to really use that and you have to make your staff feel like they love work. And if your staff loves work and they feel that way, then their, their friends are going to want to work there. But the way to, to really iron out who is a good fit for you is by establishing your core values in the salon. You know, why you, why you do hair, why you have a salon, that's your mission statement, right? How you do it is your core values. It's we do it with integrity, we do it with honor, we do it with teamwork, we do it with respect. And as long as you establish core values, when me as an owner, I have to correct somebody, I don't, I don't want to say correct, but when I have to you know, adjust a, a younger stylist, I don't adjust that stylist. I don't tell them to do something wrong. I just tell them, hey, listen, teamwork is one of our big core values in our salon, it's important to us. And when we hired you, teamwork was important to you too. You know, yesterday when you left a little early, this, this, and this happened, that wasn't really the best display of teamwork. So in order for us to really work together as a team, because I know that's important to you, let's try not to do that next time or however you want to word it. And so you're never really attacking the person. It's just the core value that they're not displaying at that point in time. And a lot of times they could have a bad day. So when you attack them personally, it's, it spirals their bad day to be two bad days and three bad days. And then next thing you know, they hate coming to work. But if you just talk about the core values and how that's important to us, to me and you, then it makes the conversation a lot easier. Yeah. No, definitely. Dude, I love that. Sorry, Diana, that, I, that's so good. Like the communication style and uh, focusing on your core values. That's so good. Were you gonna say, yeah. say something, Diana? I think that's amazing too, like the culture of the salon and that's another big, huge thing. And it's definitely the way that you treat people, the way you talk to them. Um, everything you said, I think, is just amazing. You're definitely ahead of the game and everybody should listen to what you're saying. I'm super serious on these calls and like in my, when you look at my reels and you look at any of the coaching programs that I do, but in the salon, I'm probably the biggest, most immature goofball going. So it's a really lighthearted energy in my salon. I, one thing I hated was being micromanaged and I hated being told what to do. We're all artists. And so like that corporate structure is so hard for us to kind of be bound by. So I like to give as much freedom as I could in terms of like, without anyone running wild. Like you have as much freedom in my salon as, as you want. Like you literally, you want to start your own Google My Business page? Start it. You want to start your own LLC? Let's do it. You want to start your own blog, your own website? I'll help you. Like let you be, be a brand inside of my brand. That's what I love. And I don't ever, I never want to be held back. And so I never want to hold anyone else back. Well, they're probably, they, the younger people in my experience, when I started to talk to them at the schools, they seem to be really interested in building their own brand. So, I mean, I think, so we got, let's just kind of, let's kind of tie this all together here. We got, um, we got like leadership, uh, focus on leadership, study up on leadership. We got uh, make your brand or your, your, your space, a destination yeah. that, go, that goes into the, the cool factor um, and coach them throughout the day. Like always co constantly take the opportunity to provide them with nuggets of information that are going to lead your team together. And, uh, and I don't know if I said this already, don't attack the person, make it about uh, the, the, the team and the core values. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well th thank you so much for jumping, jumping on and sharing that with us. Do you have any last minute pieces of advice uh, for a salon owner or, or someone who's looking to build a team and uh, they are, are like looking at Gen Z and they're having uh, some challenges with the new generation? 
Um, honestly, just treat people like you want to be treated. That's it. Like, look how, look at your habits are. What makes you want to go to a particular restaurant all the time? What makes you want to make decisions in your buying habits? Not that you're, 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 you're buying from your staff members, but what sways you emotionally to make those decisions? Because those are the same emotions that are going to make somebody pick your salon over another salon. Gotcha. Nice. So good. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And, right, uh, yeah, who's next? And yeah, and now we'll move on to the next our next person. So thank you so much, and uh, uh, we'll be we'll be in touch soon. All right, guys. All right. See you later. Have a great night. See ya. Thank you for watching. Should I hang uh, up or something? Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, um, I'll leave. Okay, and jump back back on. All right. So we just invited our our next guest. Um, it's going to be. Shug, Mr. I Create Confidence. Let's see if he, I saw him on earlier. Let's see if he's on. Um, while we're waiting for him to join, um, let's look at uh, some of these other questions. Uh, for anybody that's listening on, still on, we still got quite a few people on. Um, okay, so we, just to recap, we're talking about how to attract Gen Z rising stylists to your salon. What's up, Shug? How you doing? What's going on? Good. Um, so. We're talking about how to how to attract Gen Z and rising stylists to your your salon. We talked about making it a cool place or a destination, coaching them uh, throughout the day, treating that. Don't forget to treat them the way you want to be treated. Uh, let them grow their own brand and um, and uh, learn learn some leadership skills instead of uh, you know just uh, the hair skills. That's kind of the, what I got so far. Do you want to add anything to that, Diana? Before we introduce our next guest. I think he's said everything okay cool all right cool well uh all right so uh should tell us um give us a little introduction and uh tell us a little about uh, who you are where you're at what you're doing all right uh where do i start okay so instagram name is dr create confidence uh formerly Shug the barber um out of detroit michigan i am a barber of 10 years i've been licensed since 2019 um finished and i am a barber instructor at hair lab detroit barber school uh, which is under taylor andrews and also headed by roderick samuels um an educator uh father husband all that other good stuff and um yeah that awesome. is me awesome so uh how long you've uh, have you been teaching Ooh. well i taught my first class 2017 it's the first time i've ventured out okay uh to educate uh i just started in the school setting um i was one of those students who was a student instructor <laughs> um as you as we come across those every so often i would say that i was one of the ones that when i was doing it it was actually like true i wasn't like oh i know what i'm doing and i didn't know what i was doing <laughs> i actually did uh when i went to barber school my ethic was at that point, when I got to the school that I finished at, which is uh, Michigan Barber School, I started at Massive Barbers Institute in Dallas, Texas. And I finished at Michigan Barber School here in Michigan. And by the time I got to Michigan Barber School, all my basics, most of those aesthetics I had already had. Um, and I had worked in the industry for a little while because I took some breaks. It took me about five years to finish school. Not because I'm dumb. I just was grown by the time I started uh, in the industry. I was 30 years old when I started. So I had accrued a wife and kids and things of that nature. So I had to take some breaks. And um, when I got to school, my ethic was, okay, yeah, I, I had clients and all that other stuff already, but I was humble when I walked through the door. Cause my thing was, I'm trying to get the same piece of paper that everybody else here is trying to get. Everybody in the school knew who I was when I got there, including the owner of the school. But I wasn't like, the big head guy this has never been my thing so i was like hey i'm here to learn something whether it's learning more about what's in this book or learning about teaching because i've always been a born bred teacher so i'm like hey i'm here to learn something if i got to be nice. here all day i need to learn something and not be sitting up here arguing with the dang on teachers because <laughs> they have what i want which is a license at that point in time um so all right yeah okay, cool so um you are going to have a, a different perspective than Diana, definitely different than uh, our last guest. So why don't you, uh, why don't you give us a little, like, what do you notice about like, and I'm, I, and I, we talked, um, was it, I think mm -hmm. yesterday or no, 
Friday. Yeah, yeah. Friday. We talked on Friday, and you were saying how you have different generations. So yes. thinking about the younger generation and um, you know people who are are out there like shop owners and because uh, you're in barbering and Diana's in cosmetology mm-hmm. and um, and Nick was a is an owner. So let's hear from your perspective. What are you seeing uh, is is a good way to attract and appeal to these uh, rising barbers and rising stylists? Um, I say a good way to attract and appeal to the younger ones. When I say young, I mean like sub 25 years old. Yeah. You got to get to know them. They have to know that you actually want to know who they are because they are so used to us 35 and ups talking about them and not to them. And we have a tendency to talk about them as a matter of Factly, without including them in the conversation, and that is a, a large gross disservice if you ask me. Um, even if they they kind of they show up like this, they ready to fight already. And the only way to disarm them is to say, "Hey, what's your name, kid? And tell me something about yourself." Because if you meet them like this, then y'all just gonna be sitting up there fighting. And in Michigan, you got eighteen hundred hours to finish your barber's license. We're trying to lower it, but um, at this point, eighteen hundred hours. That's a long fight, <laughs> you know, and um, I'm not trying to fight you the whole time. So it might take a little while for me to make you understand that I'm actually trying to help you. This criticism is to help you. It is not to talk about you. I understand that's what you're used to. So it's like get to know them first and you kind of have to bring down a wall in the beginning, which is kind of hard because, like I said, 1800 hours sounds like a lot, but it's not. It's really not a lot of time. Especially if you're working with somebody who's never picked up a clipper in a day a day in their life, to really try to get at least the basics into them, while you're trying to fight their personality first. It's like I gotta make you uh, mature first. So have you? Um, ha- that's so good, by the way. Um, and someone actually uh, looks like Justin J. Dunn also said that I totally I love that kind of talk to them at you know don't approach them with any aggression and talk to them and not about them. What have you had a chance to interact with any um, people who were interested in hiring your students by any chance? Yes. And tell tell me about that, what that's like. Okay. Okay. So since we talked, um, I started doing a little research and what I find that's different from Cosmo and Barber is you don't have a lot of barber shops that have like programs that you come into to say, Hey, we're going to train you in this way. It's like, can you cut hair? Okay. You, you cool. This is what time we open. This is what time we close. And that's it. And I didn't know that on the Cosmo side, it can be so intensive just to get into a shop. And I think we need to do more of that in the barbering industry. And the problem is that a lot of barbershops don't have DNA in the hair industry. And what I mean by by that when you know a dna is something that this shop is built off of you you know that shop by that thing like what barbershop can you really name that you can say is in the same ranks of uh innovative system or a paul mitchell system or vidal sassoon those those names now we have our people who we love and but as far as a barber system that is like if you say this to most barbers they're going to at least know the name i don't know if we have that um maybe it's on the black side i don't know uh, but far as, yeah, the owners that I've talked to, they're asking about the attitude of the person off rip. You know, how, how's, how's this, especially depending upon how long, how old they are. Of course, I have some, a lot of students who are older, so they may be a little more mature. Some of the older ones are not more mature, but the biggest question is the attitude. And then once they get in the shop, they're like, okay, well, what happened? They don't know how to cut. And the student normally blames the school. Oh, well, they didn't teach me. So you mean you you were here for eighteen hundred hours and you didn't do one ball fade because you in the shop now and you can't do one ball fade in less than twenty minutes, and it's the school's fault every time. And it's a little weird. And it's like once they talked to us, they was like, did they tell you that they ran from cuts the whole time? They just yeah, they got their book together. They learned the book part enough to pass the test. Thank God. But. When it came to the physical part of actually cutting hair, they ran because the internet just made it so messed up to where everybody wants to do the perfect head so they can get that picture for Instagram instead of cutting everything. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. for, for me, 
I was the barber, and like I said, in school, who had clients. I had my books were full to the point where I had to have my people come to the school to get their hair cut, and we worked that out that way. And I took, I even, I took the regular people. If it, was, if it was the guy who, you know, you know, he was George Jefferson, I'm cutting his hair too. I'm cutting everything. If maybe I could just work on my tapers. I looked at everything as something to work on. And some of these younger students, they don't look at it like that. They want the perfect head, the perfect lineup. And it's like, you get that in your chair, but you're not proficient. So you can't even give it the look that you want to give it. So a uh, question, Diana, have you, you noticed this too? Do you have a similar issue? Um, I Before you answer, I was talking to uh, some students um, at a local school in the, the DC metro area. And uh, I won't name the school student, but um, they were telling me that uh, the students don't like to do more than one or two appointments a day. Um, if they, if they, and if they ask, if they get a walk in, the teachers are like chasing after them to do the walk in and they'd prefer to work, watch a video or work on their social media. Mm -hmm. uh, are you seeing that also, Diana? Um, not, not so much. We actually, our students really love to get guests. So they kind of get disappointed if they don't have one. I think it more depends on the actual individual. Um, I think that 100% that when you're in school, you're, you are there to learn and um, your learning leaders are there to make sure that you're doing everything that you're supposed to do. So I feel a lot of times when people like blame it on the school, they're just making an excuse for themselves. So the school's 100% teaching it. I'm pretty sure whatever school you're in, I'm you know, not just mm -hmm. talking about Paul Mitchell, but if you're if you're employed as a instructor i'm pretty sure you're you're there and you're instructing because you know we have the agencies that come in to check to make sure that you are um so i think that definitely is you know based on the person and their experience and a lot of that comes back to like when he was saying that they're asking like what is the person's attitude like if you have a forward focused positive person they're not going to say anything bad about the school or they're not going to make excuses for it but when you have somebody that's kind of like you know, not as motivated or, you know, they're, then they're going to come and look for an excuse. So I wouldn't listen to that. I would just kind of have to like, you have to like look at it and see like where it's coming from. But that does kind of show a little bit of character too. So obviously you want to employ somebody that's going to be super enthusiastic about learning and taking guests because otherwise, why are they there? You know, what's so crazy that you just said that you, you just kind of like nailed something that I don't think we talk about enough. And that is like, what what red flags can help you kind of weed through people and uh you know that so you just mentioned something if you're com if someone's complaining or blaming somebody else for why they didn't get to where they should be or are maybe that person is actually telling you that they're not going to be able to like give you the the uh the the commitment to education and growth that you might want as a business owner um this is uh, this is great. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Should you have any like other things to any last minute things to add? Uh, so anybody's going to shop or salon or any insight to uh, you know working with younger folk before uh, we invite our next guest on? Definitely. Um, I like I said before, get to know them, uh, figure out how they learn, and and I think that that's across any age group. If you're employing people in your shop or your salon figure out how they learn, if they need to learn something, especially if you're the owner, because if they don't get clients, whether you're booth friend or commission, you're not gonna get none of them, right? And that goes against your reputation. So start caring more about the people. There is oodles of market research out there about happy and about people working for bosses who love them and that they feel like this boss cares about their well-being, not just, well, are you good at what you do, so to speak? When look at Google, when people care about how their employees are treated and they then the employee can bring something to them and it goes into work, you just get a better employee, you get a better barber, you get a better stylist, a better masseuse, so on and so forth. So care more about the people who walk through your door, whether it's client or barber style. I love that. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for come jumping on and um we're gonna let you go and we're gonna take our last uh, guest for tonight. Right. Um, so if you just uh, exit out of it, you can yep. jump jump back on and join it. We'll join with us and finish us Thanks out. So finish out with us. Much for having me. Thank you. Thanks, and look forward to talk to you soon. Yes. All right.
Right, so uh, that was um, a nice little like extra layer of um, remember that to treat people like they're people, uh, right? Absolutely, I love that. I love everything that everyone's contributing. It's so important. I love it too. I know. So we have uh, our last guest of the evening is coming on. It's uh, Ashley Gray. Ashley, you there? I, can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. I'm we literally pulling into the house right this second. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, thank you so much for jumping on. I, I mean, it's uh, above and beyond to uh, take your time. And um, you don't, yeah, you don't need to be on camera uh, if, you know, don't worry. Just so we got your, your insight. So, Ashley, I don't care, would you tell yeah. us, would you tell everybody, um, give us a little like high level, like who you are, where you're at, your, how many salons you got, and how many people, how many like young rising stylists you have working for you? Um, we just opened our second location, um, and it's just like a smaller location. So we started out with um, the first one has like 14 chairs, the second one's got six chairs. Um, I've got, God, how many do I have now? I think I have 15 stylists. We've got seven or eight, hold on. Seven or eight apprentices right now. I gotta get you. Oh, I think you muted us. I gotta get you off my car, I'm so sorry. And I don't know how to do this without ending. Oh, oh. Yeah, just go ahead and sign off. We'll come back, come back on, no problem. Thank you so much. Um. Okay, so. Uh, while we're waiting for her to come back on, uh, so just to repeat, she's got two locations. Uh, she's got a bunch of her people are, are younger. I, I'm pretty sure all of her apprentices, and I think there's eight or nine of them, um, and she's going to have some good insight. So so just to recap here, how to attract Gen Z rising stylists. We got, we got what we got. We got uh, make your place a destination, make it cool, which means social media should be cool. I mean, when they walk in, they're, they have to think about the customer experience also for your future uh, employees, right? Um, like walking in, walking through the door and feeling like it's a cool place. Um, you want to, I don't want to just hi hijack the whole thing. You want to add, add some of the other pieces? Um, so so definitely just the way that you make people feel. feel. So whether it's the clients or your stylist, your team, making it. Nice. Okay. So, um, back. all right. So we got back um, and uh, we'll do, and Diana and I will do a little uh, recap of that. We were kind of skidding through um, at the end after we talked with Ashley. So, okay, Ashley, thank you for coming on. Um, we, no problem. So we've been talking about uh, how to attract people, a young, younger stylist to, to the salon and um, we had already talked about like understanding them and getting to know them and what they're looking for. Uh, but we wanna talk, how do you get them to come in the door? How do you get them to apply so that then you can make your impression? Would you give us some insight why you think that you attract so many of uh, the younger folks? Well, I don't know how, like, honestly, I'm like, I, don't, I got lucky at the beginning. Um, I feel like, because it's maybe because I'm like a smaller town, like my name, the branding of my company first attracted people. Um, I invested in like, you know, the social media and now I have someone running it for me. Um, at the beginning though, I would say it was just that, like people are like, oh, what's Ash? That looks cool, you know? Um, and I started with just one apprentice and then it was two. And then all of a sudden as we grew and we grew into a bigger location, I'm assuming that the schools and like the word just got out um but i think that we did a good job with our social media and our branding and that i think that had to be like what initially kind of got it to blow up a little bit um because now i feel like i don't really have to put ads out there very much like every couple months i'll be like oh my god we need to hire someone and then boom there's applications and i'm like thank god okay um but the, a lot of the local schools like they do know of my salon and that's probably helps when I get girls that are like coming out of cosmetology school, which is how I love to get them rather than training them hundred percent myself. Um, but once they come here, I would say now I'm at the point it's so established. I think that what draws them to me now is the fact that we offer a lot of things that like a corporate salon would without being corporate. They can, you know, dress more casual and have more fun. And it's like, 
definitely a family atmosphere. So once I get them in the door, they're like, oh my God, I love it here. And they work really well together. And that team has just grown and grown and grown, you know? Um, But I would say probably that, like that they like that it's not school. They, a lot of them want to get paid and not go to school. Um, And yeah. And then there's opportunities we give them too. So they can get kind of feel like hairstylists pretty quickly there. you know, depending on how well they do, but we give them um, opportunities to assist the master stylists. And um, if they're, they do well and they've kind of um, advanced, then we give them like blow dry bar day. And so they get a day on the books and they feel like, you know, they're like one of the stylists, even though they're not doing coloring, um, like balayage and stuff like that, but they're doing retouches and glosses and blow dries and they start to develop a relationship with a client. So I think they really enjoy that. And then of course we do classes every week. So that's like the biggest thing. Thank you, Robert. So you're, Robert, you're uh, so what everybody doesn't know is that I'm working with Ashley and I'm, uh, I'm coming in as guest educator and uh, working with her on the pro on her apprenticeship program. And um, so it sounds to me like, and I mean, we've never really had this conversation. And um, so I'm actually, I was really, I was really, I'm really happy that you're able to join. Um, so it sounds like you're kind of hitting on all cylinders that we talked about. Would you, what would you say, Diana? I think that's amazing. Definitely opportunities. I love that. And I think that's so great that you make it fun and it's exciting. So they're still growing and then now they get to apply color and, you know, all these things, um, you know, even if it's just a re, uh, root retouch, it's they're getting their hands in hair and like, that's really what they want. Yeah. But, and, you know, you're not just going to put somebody in to do hair. I mean, I wouldn't either. You know, there's a process to go through. But when you make that process fun, that's what's going to attract people and be proud of themselves. And, you know, that's amazing. Yeah, like baby steps, like baby steps through the door, yeah. baby yeah. steps on the bus, baby yeah. steps off the bus. Yeah, yeah, I totally, I love it. Hey, uh, real quick, um, I, this is not necessarily part of tonight's conversation, but we had a question from some, one of their audience members. I'm the sheet asked, how do you improve on their speed? My apprentices are so slow. I'm trying to be understanding, but it's very hard. Would you like to speak to that, Ashley? I mean, I think that is the number one challenge at the beginning. Um, Having them assist more and more, I think helps. Like I've, I've definitely noticed when they're doing personal assisting and I'm on them, like they have to do my blow dries and my rooted glazes and color retouches and stuff like, it's frustrating to me when they're slow, but the only way to get better is to just keep doing it. So, and then when they're working with me, they're under a little bit more pressure and they feel it a little bit more. Um, of course I wouldn't put them on the floor to take clients until they've gotten their speed better. Um, but yeah, model days, like just working with them, time drills. I don't know. That's a big, so, so it's okay to still put their feet to the fire a little bit. That's not, that's not completely gone. No, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the only way to grow is they got to just do so yeah. I really do feel like that blow dry bar concept though has done so well for us and our apprentices because again it like builds their confidence they've got you know they b- build relationships and they do work on speed and they feel the pressure of like okay I got to get this done and I don't want to have this client sitting here all day long so totally. yeah what, it what is like say, I was going to say um we do skills and drills at paul mitchell so give them a certain amount of time so when you're doing your tra- like on your training days that's something that you do is just time them okay we do a retouch up in 15 minutes we're gonna do a blowout in 30 minutes like whatever your goals are and then like she's saying the more that they work on it the quicker they're gonna get but you know they a little bit of fire i think is yeah. good but definitely like talk about the timing, talk about why it's important, talk about what's the benefits of that. So the quicker that you apply color to your first client, you could then shampoo your second client and get more clients because, you know, time equals money. So I think that all those things. Yeah. Work. Well, I, um, I have my, for my apprentice, I, um, I, I encourage her to stack her day of, a, uh, when she has models, like a regular salon day, which is, almost guaranteed to run her behind because she's got to do her own shampoos. So like, 
I end up doing some of her shampoos sometimes uh, just to like keep her kind of moving if she's falling behind. Uh, and another thing I'll do is I'll have her do uh, drills also. It's like do a full foil, medium weave with lightener. And I want to see that you get it close to the scalp. You don't bleed and you got to get, you got to get it done in like 90 minutes or less in order to start taking highlight clients. Yes. And right. so then they got a goal that they got to got to work towards. And once she hits that goal, it's, it's, it's on. So that, that's helped. Uh, that's work. That seems to work uh, for us. Yeah. Incentivize them. Most of my girls that I release to the floor, they won't, we close their processing time, like for all blonding services, just because of that. Cause they do run behind. Um, and that helps. So they're not trying to double book at first. And then, as they've really filled their, their book in, I'm like, look, you want to make more money. You got to get on top of your timing. And that, like you said, time is money. That that does motivate them. I feel like almost everyone after like six months or so is like, okay, open up my processing. And then, you know, they've gotten a hold of their timing too. Nice. Hey. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, uh, for taking the time to coming on and sharing. Um, Diana, do you have any last questions for Ashley before we let her go? Uh um, not that I could think of, but I love everything she said. Oh, yeah, I mean, basically, <laughs> Ashley, you just said basically, I think everything uh, that we've talked about on the show, if really? you're doing it. So, uh, oh, thank hmm. you. I'm trying. Uh, what, so, why don't, uh, if you want, if anybody listening want to check out Ashley, um, the, uh, what's the handle? It's ash.salon is the salon. Yeah, so you can, mine is you can check right. her out and, you can uh, check out the website, the Instagram, and uh, yeah, sounds good. And apply. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right. and apply. Yeah, she says. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Ashley, and um, I'll definitely be in touch, obviously. And yeah. uh, yes, thank you so much. Thank All you right. again. Thank you. Bye bye. Y'all, you can do is just press the X and uh, sign off. All right. Bye. Awesome. Bye. So, oh, that was awesome. Um, we got some people saying that uh, they're gonna go apply to Ashley Salon right now. All right, so let's uh, let's do a back and forth. I'm gonna say one, and you say one, and we'll just go through uh, through this list uh, that we're both holding in our head here. So first and foremost, you got to be a destination. You got to be cool, and that has to do with having a good Instagram and a good website. Yes. You have to be nice and be kind to people and actually genuinely care about them. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, you should read up on leadership uh, qualities and leadership traits to learn how to lead your people. Yes. Coaching, so constructive criticism, but in a nice way. Um, for us, we always bring it down to systems, but I like how he said, like, core values. So whatever your dialogue is, um, you know, it's not personal. It's just because this is what we do here. And, you know, let them know also what's in it for them. Why should they listen to you? Nice. And then and I don't know if this is the last one, but the next one I got is um, don't talk about your people. Talk to them. Get to know them. It kind of feels like it meshes into what you were saying. Treat them like a person. And uh, and just remember that, like, they might come uh, be kind of defensive or feeling or worried that they're going to be taken advantage of or not treated a certain way. So uh, try to bring down those barriers with just asking them how their day is and getting to know yeah. them. Yes. And um, there's more, but I'm trying to remember. I had it in my head. Um, I think that I think if there's another one, there's only one more. There's one more. And I yeah. OK, so be cool and a destination. Uh, treat people like they're people. Um, Coach, coach them and lead like learn leadership skills uh coach to your or sorry um coach and manage to your core values don't attack the person don't tell them you're doing something wrong just tell them at this salon or this shop these are our value relate everything back and then uh last but not least is having fun to yeah. like you know fun for them um, like they get to do all these extra things like in those in those steps in the systems that um, she was just explaining. I think that's really, really great. Yeah, and I think I think just having having uh, things to offer, ways to get people doing hair and feeling like they're on the floor, uh, or at least like letting them get their hands in hair 
with clients uh, as soon as possible, obviously with not je without jeopardizing the integrity of your brand, of course. Oh, and also um, asking your stylist, this is the one I couldn't remember, asking your stylist for referrals. So if you're having a hard time finding people on your own, use that word of mouth, just like you would for to get client referrals. I think and, yeah. Nice, and last but not least, something that was not said this whole time is, go visit your local cosmetology yes. school as a guest speaker and guest artist, do some hair, talk about your business. And uh, by the way, uh, they really like if you uh, talk, ask them to answer whatever questions they want, uh, or if you're gonna do some hair, uh, They those are the, some of the things they like to see. And I've also noticed um, if you kind of come in and uh, have the ability to jump around and talk a lot, a lot of stuff, but my advice is if you're going to the schools, be careful with the downward trend of attention. Uh, if you're gonna, you want to make sure you grab, keep a hold of their interest. Um, but they want to see you, they want to meet you, and if they like you, then they're gonna want to apply at your shop and maybe offer a shadow day. Yes, absolutely. And then also the future professionals are talking about like they love when places have events. So like either hosting a hiring day or just having like. Uh, some kind of event, like a blowout event or something that, you know, is going to be fun. Maybe you have a DJ there or like I see a lot of people doing like permanent jewelry parties or like Botox parties or like whatever it is. It makes them feel like they can come in and kind of get into the atmosphere without actually like having to be on an interview. And that's like the first step of them feeling comfortable in order to, so that you can interview I them. I love that. I, I think uh, I'm going to have to noodle on that one. I'm going to do I, that's that's right up my alley. Let's throw a party, you know. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Diana. It was a pleasure working with you today. Always a pleasure, Rob. Thank you again so much. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I feel like if is there anything you want to say before you sign off? Um, um, I think that it's really really important and this is another reason why I'm saying how much you know I I love that you are doing this at the hairdresser strong show exists because it's so important that all of us who are in the industry I feel like we have this responsibility whether you're a director whether you're an educator in the industry salon owner I feel like don't you want to give back and make the industry better so the Gen Z is the future of this industry whether people like it or not i mean some people everybody can see like you know some people see the benefits and then other people just want people to come in and just you know work and do whatever you tell them to do without giving them the things that they want it's not going anywhere and it's not going to change like this is how it is and i feel like we have that responsibility to pass on information like educate people make a difference in the industry whichever way it is make a difference give back and this way you know we get stronger and we all grow together awesome yeah thank you so much and uh thank you everyone who's uh hung out until the end and everybody who's watching the recording after the fact uh thank you all for joining us thank you so much diana and um and happy new year to everybody including you diana all right happy new year so i'd love to do this again soon sometime so let us know what our next conversation should be yes yes send us a dm leave a comment below we're gonna post this so you can uh, message message here and uh, we will definitely be back with another community conversation all right okay bye, bye. bye. see you later bye